views and opinions on this program are that of the host and do not represent the views of Felony in Progress or Send a Large. This program also contains strong language and is not intended for listeners under the age of 18. If you feel you have been marginalized or butthurt by these rules, it's kind of too bad, but I don't apologize. And uh, that's your problem. So if you are butthurt in any way or by this program, and truthfully, I don't give a fuck. Cry somewhere else. Thank you and enjoy the show. Dear listeners, to episode six of the third season of Open Air Sonar. Yes, people, please come with me and I will help you throw away an hour of your life listening to me talk about music. So uh, there will be no email today instead of getting emails, you know, asking about music and people actually wanting to have an in-depth conversation with me. Uh, my inbox is just keep getting filled with anti-woke, uh, white ring brouhaha garbage. So, um... But, you know, if you feel that you still want to send me an email, you can um, at C-R-Y-O-V-A-T-O at gmail.com. And a reply is guaranteed uh, unless you are a white nationalist, you know, extremist dirtbag, proud boy fucker, don't bother. So um, I feel that there is no time, you know, filling your life with nonsense and then spewing more and time, you know, spending more time on this shit and, you know, arguing with somebody about your political and religious beliefs, it's just a fucking waste of time and money, dude, and I'm, I'm sick of it, okay? I, I don't care. I don't care. These are not problems that persist in my life. It's bullshit, and it's a waste of time that I'm not spending with my friends and my family and listening to music and doing good stuff like that. And that's not to say, you know, I'm, I'm not against religion, okay? I mean, be whatever you want. I just don't want it thrown on me. You get what I'm saying? I don't understand why I should have to live under Christian laws. But anyway, which t- will take us back to time, which brings us to our next episode topic. If you didn't notice the song when you came in, that was Jim Carroll, People Who Died. But this episode is about death and songs of death. So yes, people, we're going to hop onto that next plane of existence together. And... Um, What's that tune that you want played at your funeral? You know, is there a tune that comes to mind when we say goodbye to that family or friend who just left way too early? And uh, I think today we're going to find out, people. So uh, our first tune takes us to 1956, where the Kasoy sisters sang, I'll Fly Away. Please come back. This is Open Air Sonar. Right. 
Soy Sisters with their rendition of I'll Fly Away, uh, released on their 1956 album Bowling Green. Uh, twin sisters Irene and Ellen practice close harmony singing, which is exemplified on this track. Um, this recording, you know, was introduced to a wider audience, too, when it was included on the Coen Brothers film Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? from the year 2000. Um, the song, you know, was actually written by Albert E. Brumley in uh, 1929 and published uh, in 1932 by Hartford Music Collection. Um, and I'll Fly Away has been called the most recorded gospel song. It is frequently used in worship services by Baptists, Pentecostals, Nazarenes, Churches of the Christ, and many Methodists. And it appears in uh, many hymnals where it is listed under the topics of eternal life, heaven, acceptance, and its standard song at bluegrass jam sessions, and is often performed at funerals, including jazz funerals in the New Orleans tradition which I always thought would be pretty cool, you know, having yourself a New Orleans funeral, bunch of band carrying your coffin away, but um, I, 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 I digress. But anyway, um, Brumley came up with the idea for the song while picking cotton on his father's farm in Rock Island, Oklahoma. And Brumley says that as he worked, and he was humbling the old ballad that went like this, if I had the wings of an angel over these prison walls, I would fly. And suddenly it drawn on me that I could use this plot for a gospel-type song. So the song Brumley describes appears to be the prisoner's song. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was a good tune all in any way, and, you know, it's, it's nice and makes you think that there's more to, more than just a cessation of consciousness. But... Anyway, let's move on to our next tune. 
Uh, this takes us to 1973 with the Bob Dylan cut, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Please stick around, people. This is Open Air Sonar. That was Bob Dylan's Knocking on Heaven's Door from the 1973 soundtrack of Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Uh, you know, released as a single two months after the film's premiere, it became a worldwide hit, reaching the top ten in several countries. Uh, the song became one of Dylan's most popular and most coveted post-1960s composition, uh, spawning covers from Eric Clapton, Guns N' Roses, uh, you know, Randy Crawford, and more. Uh, described by Dylan biographer uh, Clinton Hayden, it is an exercise in splendid simplicity. The song features two short verses, the lyrics of which uh, comment directly on the scene in the film for which it was written, the death of frontier lawman Slim Pickens, refers to his wife, Katie, as mama. So, And, you know, I mean, it's a great song all the way around, but uh, it's definitely got its moments, and you know what? I would, I would have this played at my funeral. It's... It's one of them bad boys that, you know, never gets old. But anyway, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and move on to our next song. This is also another Dylan written song, but this one is done by Nina Simone. This is her 1969 cut of I Shall Be Released. Please stick around, people. This is going to get fun. This is Open Air Song. Thank you. 
They say everything can be replaced They say every distance is not near cut of I Shall Be Released by the Queen Nina Simone. So uh, Dylan wrote this song from the point of view of a uh, wrongfully convicted criminal. But, um, you know, maybe the maybe it's a little darker than that. Maybe the world is a prison. And, and as such, and we are all awaiting release in some form, but, uh, you know, a day without worry or hopelessness or, you know, the pain or whatever, you know, just... Uh, 
I don't know. It's just a great song all the way around. And I, I would definitely love to have it played at my funeral, you know, because who knows? Maybe we all are prisoners. So anyway, let's see what else I got for you before the break. One last song. Let me see here. Oh, yeah, this one will work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the 1984 cut of Metallica's Fade to Black. Come back, people, and then we'll go on break.
That was Metallica with their 1984 cut of Fade to Black. Uh, released on their album Ride the Lightning, the band wrote the song uh, after some of their favorite gear was stolen from a locked vehicle, and they were feeling kind of despondent, and uh, as a result, this came out. But the song itself is about the ultimate sacrifice, the, the ability to be able to, co- to kill yourself, to commit suicide. So um, if they have received tons of fan mail from despondent listeners and folks who chose not to commit suicide because of the song. Um, the song was also able, it was also the last song played by metal station KNAC in Los Angeles, February 15th, 1995. So that's... Uh, that's a bummer there, too. But anyway, I hope you're enjoying this morbid episode of Open Air Sonar. I mean, you know, what the fuck is the point if you can't make somebody uncomfortable, right? That's how we got to look at this this whole episode. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. Um, you guys smoke them if you got them. And uh, this is Open Air Sonar. Please come back. Humans often cope with death by disguising it as life. Perhaps the most glaring example of this is the open casket funeral, when humans go through the effort of dressing up a dead person and laying them in a giant jewelry box with plush lining, almost creating the impression that they're sleeping. It's just an open coffin. Can't believe they just leave it out here like this. George, it's awake! Awake? Brenda! It's a miracle! I thought you were dead! However, as time passes, that sleeping beauty will undergo some drastic changes. Here's how your body might change after a year of eternal beauty sleep. Death waits for no one, and it certainly won't wait for a corpse to get gussied up before your body starts to break down. The first organ to go is your brain. After spending its whole life trying to keep the rest of you alive, in death your brain does the same thing in much more dramatic fashion. As detailed in the book What We Leave Behind, your brain cells will start breaking themselves down in a process called autolysis. This begins after just four minutes of oxygen deprivation. According to Scientific American, during autolysis, carbon dioxide ruptures your cells, which in turn release nutrients that fuel bacteria and fungi. It's these organisms that help liquefy the brain. Of course, the timing of all this depends on temperature. Cold temperatures delay the onset of autolysis, which is the reason why people who have drowned in freezing water can sometimes be resuscitated. What we leave behind observes that in this scenario, your brain goes into a hibernal state instead of outright dying. So, theoretically, if your brain had thought of doing this in warmer temperatures, it would have stayed alive longer, giving you a chance to survive, too. However, once a human brain finally turns out the lights, things will start getting pretty funky. As Business Insider describes it, the fluid in your brain cells will leak into a puddle all over your final resting place. So keep that in mind before you spend thousands of dollars on a top-of-the-line casket. The lid is titanium steel. It's lined with mink fur, and it comes with free Wi-Fi. 
it's what Pop-Up would have wanted. Moving on from the brain, let's get inside what's happening to the rest of your body. The bacteria that typically aid in digesting food start feasting on the only thing that it has left to eat, you. Hours into the process, they will eventually chow down on your gallbladder, unleashing a yellow-green bile through your body, altering its hue. As hours turn into days, your body will start swelling and releasing some horrible substances. According to Scientific American, your corpse will emit a bewildering array of more than 400 chemicals and gases. And, as you might have guessed, anyone within sniffing distance should use any means available to avoid inhaling these fumes. About three or four months into the process, your blood cells start hemorrhaging iron, turning your body brownish-black. Soon, your cells lose their structure, causing your tissues to become a watery mush. After a little more than a year, your clothes will decompose because of exposure to the various chemicals your corpse produced. And like that, you've gone from being a sleeping beauty wearing your most beautiful ensemble to a naked mush of decomposing toxic goo. No matter how peaceful your death is, you'll never have the chance to rest in one piece. This is thanks to the disgusting magic of decomposition. But under certain circumstances, particularly if your coffin is kept above ground in a mausoleum, the rest of your pieces could be flung everywhere as your corpse explodes in a horrific blaze of glory. Josh Slocum, executive director of Funeral Consumers Alliance, explained to Vice that the casket becomes a literal pressure cooker. It reduces the body to a disgusting, chunky brown slurry. And when that pressure reaches the coffin's tipping point, you have corpse juice spilling out all over the place. Slocum noted that there have been cases where this pressure is actually powerful enough to blow that little square off the front of a crypt. Slocum likened it to leaving a Tupperware container full of meat in your fridge for too long. After all, at the end of your life, you're basically just a giant meal for hungry microbes. Of course, if you don't want to slowly rot away like a rancid sandwich, there's always another option. <laughs> I do have this coupon for a cremation. Check out one of our newest videos right here. Plus, even more grunge videos about your favorite stuff are coming soon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss a single one. In all this talk of time, talk is fine. I don't want to stay Welcome back, kitties, to Open Air Sonar's Walk Through the Cemetery, where we will dig up the zombie songs that define a genre in the tunes of death. So um, <clears throat> what is it about the topic of death that makes folks so uncomfortable? Uh, maybe the uncertainty of it all, or maybe second-guessing about one's faith. Who knows? But our next song, um, <laughs> this one's... <laughs> 
update. This is going to take us to a really dark place. So, before he became every goth girl's favorite pinup, Peter Still, or Petrus T. Still, as he was called then, fronted the mighty hardcore trio Carnivore. And uh, they gave us this song from 1985 God is Dead. Stick with us, people.
That was Carnivore with their 85 release, God is Dead. Uh, it was founded by singer and bassist Peter Still from uh, Typo Negative fame uh, after the breakup of the Brook- Brooklyn metal group Fallout. Um, they were kind of funny too, man, because they often dressed as warriors in torn clothing and spikes attached to hockey gear during their live shows, um, <laughs> which, dude, was, I mean, you ought to see pictures of this stuff. It's it's freaking great. But, um, you know, the music is very, very dark. Um, the lyrical theme was then expanded to describe human society or the lack of one uh, between imagery of World War Three and Four to possible five as reference in the song World Wars Three and Four. And other lyrical themes included nihilism, anti-religious sentiment, cynicism, and explicit but tongue-in-cheek depictions of gore and despair. Song titles such as Jesus Hitler, Race War, Thermonuclear War, and of course, God is Dead. So, uh, it's a good one. I thought I'd put it in there just to to give the show a little bit more of a darker side. Uh, The next song I have for you, it's not so crazy crazy, but it's it's a good one anyway. This is uh, the Willie Nelson, uh, Ray Charles cut of Seven Spanish Angels from an 82 release. This is Open Air Sonar. down into her brown eyes and said say a prayer for me she threw her arms around him whispered God will keep us free they could hear the riders coming he said this is my last fight if they take me back to Texas they won't take me back alive There were seven Spanish angels at the altar of the sun. They were praying for the lovers in the valley of the gun. When the battle stopped and the smoke cleared, there was thunder from the throne. Seven Spanish angels took another angel home. She reached down and picked the gun up that lay smoking in his hand. She said, Father, please forgive me. I can't make it without my man. And she knew the gun was empty And she knew she couldn't win But her final prayer was answered When the rifles fired again There were seven Spanish angels At the altar of the sun They were praying for the lovers In the valley There was thunder from the throne And seven Spanish angels Took another angel home There were seven Spanish angels At the altar 
the battle stopped and the smoke cleared, there was thunder from the throne. Seven Spanish angels took another angel home. All right, y'all help me now. There were seven Spanish angels at the altar of the sun. That was Seven Spanish Angels by Ray Charles and Willie Nelson. And I'm sorry from a 1984 release. I said before it was at 82, but I got it wrong because, you know, I've been smoking a little weed today. And uh, it, anyway, uh, the song is about an outlaw and his lover who are trying to outrun a posse sent to return them to Texas. When they are cornered, they decide to fight the approaching lawmen. Uh, before the final gu- gunfight, the two embrace, speaking of their belief that God will spare them. The gunfight then commences with the outlaw firing upon the posse. He is immediately shot and killed, prompting his distraught lover to pick up his rifle. She tearfully prays, Father, please forgive me. I can't make it without my man. She deliberately points the empty weapon at the lawman and is shot dead. After each death, the titular angels gather to pray for the lovers. This is followed by thunder from the throne and angels another taking another angel home. And Sill stated that we tried to make the story ethereal, but also believable, as written the song included the lines, Now the people in the valley swear that when the moon's just right, they see the Texan and his woman ride across the clouds at night, which which uh, Cheryl performed not, preferred not to record, uh, feeling the track would run, run too long. But it's a great song, and I absolutely love it, and I know that you like it too. That's why I played it for you, and... Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to our next song. This takes us across the pond, people, where Joy Division recorded this 1979 hit, Dead Souls. Stick around, listeners. We're almost there. This is Open Air Sonar.
That was the 1979 cut of Dead Souls from Joy Division. Uh, Dead Souls was named for the 1842 Nikolai Gogol novel of the same name, which is pretty much a satirical look on Dante's Inferno, you know, the travels through purgatory and all that, you know, divine comedy. And uh, But the song's lengthy instrumental intro was used to provide lead singer Ian Curtis an opportunity to size up the band's live audiences with his characteristic dancing. Uh, bassist Peter Hook recalled he'd never danced in rehearsals. He just started doing it, and when we were playing, we used to do a long build-up in Dead Souls because he felt it was a great way of sizing up the audience and uh, building up tension. And he was on stage from the start, you know, doing the dance and freaking people out. So way to go there, uh, Peter, and way to go, Ian, who took his life tragically in 1981. But what are you going to do? Anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next song here, guys. So this one is a little hard for me to play, and I'll explain after the song is, is done. But um, this is uh, the 2007 cut of Audra May's Forever Young. Looks like we got another Dylan in there. <laughs> that guy knows how to talk death. So um, stick around, May people. God this is Open Air Sonar. And keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. And may you stay forever young. May you stay forever young. May you grow up to be righteous. May you grow up to be true. May you always know the truth and see the light surrounding you. May you always be courageous, stand upright and be strong, and may you stay forever young. May you stay forever young. May your hands always be busy. May your feet always be swift. May you have a strong foundation changes shift and may your heart always be joyful may your song always be sung and may you stay forever young may you stay That was the 2007 cut of Audra May's Forever Young um, for the show. She wrote it for the, or sung it for the show Sons of Anarchy. 
but that song is actually special to me. Um, it was played at the funeral of one of the best friends I ever had, uh, my dog Shadow. And I know I'm secular, but I wanted to make sure that my boy was cared for wherever he went after he was gone. And um, and from here, and you know, I just it it fit, it fit his personality to a T. You know, he lived till he was 17 years old, and he was always just a happy guy all the way up until the very end. And uh, I love those years, and I will never forget him. And you know, we all have, you know, we've all had had loss with death. And over the past couple of years, I've lost my mom, my grandmother, and I miss them terribly. You know, but. I'm also aware that, you know, maybe I'll see them again. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it won't be this plane of existence, but um, everything always around us is temporary. And um, so don't waste time with anger and judgment and hate and greed and, you know, ideology and politics. It's just a waste of time, man. And everything around us is temporary. Remember that. And, I, you know, I, I'm sure going to use the time that I have for whatever lies beyond, you know, and, you know, what lies beyond this consciousness, and who knows, you know, don't be afraid of it, when it happens, it happens, that's it, but um, I hope you guys have enjoyed my season finale of OAS, it's summertime, folks, and I need to get out of this little room, I need to hit some shows, I need to soak in some sun rays, so I'm going to leave you with a song now that may bring you comfort, okay, so... Take care, all, and hopefully we'll see you again in season four. Bye-bye. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be, 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 whisper words of wisdom, let it be. And when the broken-hearted people living in But though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer. Let it be.
is cloudy There is still a light that shines on me Shine until tomorrow, let it be I wake up to the sound 